If you are enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to leave a star rating on Spotify. For those using Apple Podcasts, consider leaving a review along with a star rating. Your continued support and listenership is greatly appreciated, and I can't wait to bring you more in the future. That we we have this um, this special energy inside of us that's that's not unique to myself, and that you know, we we have these we have um, reservoirs within ourselves that that are deeper than most of us ever realize, and uh, you can go further than. Uh, you may ever know. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of the Running Deep Podcast with me, your host, Kent Mullins. Now, this week's episode is someone very special, someone that we've probably seen a lot, a uh, household name in the running and ultra distance community. But this week's episode, we have Harvey Lewis. Now, I don't think he needs an introduction. However, for those who don't know, for those who are joining us, Harvey is the world record holder of the Backyard Ultra. Now, for those who don't know the Backyard Ultra format, It is a 6.7 kilometer loop every hour on the hour until the last man standing. Now he ran 108 laps, which is 108 hours of running with very minimal rest. Now if we break that down even further, it was equivalent to 450 miles, 720 kilometers and 96 hours of actual runtime, which I just cannot fathom. Now, I'm not going to go into Harvey's run resume or running resume. Um, he has so many races that he's competed in and won and done very well at. He's done Badwater 135 under 24 hours, which is a 135-mile run through Death Valley, the hottest place in the world. But yeah, he's just a great guy. I've, you know, I, I've seen the social media side. I've now spoken to him and the things I've heard about Harvey, he's just a gentle soul, a lovely guy and just filled with positivity. He wants everyone to succeed. And some of the stories I heard were from Dead Cow Gully uh, out at Nanango done by Timothy Walsh, which you can catch him on one of the episodes that I did with him, I think, probably mid last year, you know. And the things I heard about Harvey were just amazing. He's just a really nice guy and he just wants the best for everybody else. Plus, he's a teacher. So I think there's a correlation there. But I'll leave that for the episode. So please enjoy this conversation with me and the man himself, the Ultra King, Harvey Lewis. Hey, how's it going? Really good. Really, really good. That's good, Kent. So where where is your uh, home exactly? Uh, Gold Coast. Uh, you were out at Nanango. So yeah. So Nanango's oh, probably about three hours from uh, where I am. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Oh, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely. 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 Uh, yeah, you know, I was in your uh I was actually in the Gold Coast uh, uh just for 
a, a half of a day or a few hours. Yeah. On the way leaving, uh, um, Tim Walsh uh, headed to uh, uh, to the airport. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or, yes, to Brisbane. Um, my, I have uh, my cousin uh, by marriage. Uh, she married an Australian, so I was able to stay with them in Brisbane, which was nice. Yeah. 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 Oh man, like it, it's just, it's funny how it all connects and you, you know, you sort of network through the ultra running community and, you know, <laughs> man, but first of all, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this. I know you are a very busy man with everything you're doing with teaching, with running, with just everything. And this is an absolute honor to do this with you. Oh man, my, my pleasure. It's uh fantastic uh, connecting with you across the globe, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's my, my pleasure and uh, yeah, happy to connect. And I, I um, think we made the plan of doing this before bigs even ha happened. Yeah. Well, right? yeah. And that, yeah, that's, that, back. that was the thing I sort of, you know, when, when we made the connection, I was like, Oh, I think we should wait that little bit longer so we can unpack everything, like everything. I think I was too busy beforehand too. Yeah, you're busy. I didn't man. have any window. Yeah. No, it was um, good. So look, I, I think a, a good place to start with, um, with, with just this conversation is, well, first of all, congratulations, like a huge congratulations. For your you you're the world record holder for the backyard ultra. Wow, thank you, thank you, Ken. I have to uh yeah, it's a, a dream and and uh definitely uh it's a, a very thin needle to thread. <laughs> so yeah. uh replicating the the whole execution of everything coming together, uh is it, it wasn't is not easy and uh I would love to do it again. I was thinking about on my way running home from work today. I'm like, hmm. So I got two years to get ready again. <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be more challenging. I have to like get that, you know, like yeah. um, thread that needle really, you know, perfectly. And uh, yeah, it, it was really quite a, a, a nice, nice experience. So, so un unpacking that, like a. For those who don't, again, my audience are ultra sort of community based, but there's also a lot of people that aren't runners. So if you can unpack, you know, what exactly is Big Backyard Ultra? Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, it's it's sort of an inviting uh, event, the backyards, uh, because honestly, uh, you can, they're not, it doesn't, it, it can be, it's not so intimidating in the sense that uh, you go for your personal best. So that could be that you're going out there, you're going to run for, uh, you know, maybe a half marathon or you're going to do a marathon, um, but you're doing it at uh, in, in mileage 4.167 miles uh, every hour, which translates into kilometers. You have to, what six, is the kilometer point, mark today? 6.7 kilometers. Yeah, 6.7 kilometers. So every hour. And you just keep on repeating until um, there's only one person. 
in uh, that last person can do one additional lap um, over the field. Uh, but it's uh, it, it's it's a, a fun format because everyone's together on the same course and uh, everyone's tied for first. So uh, there's a lot of opportunity to just like uh, communicate, like chat and and uh, camaraderie between the runners. And also there's a, a nice element of strategy, like to help your to to help yourself to survive longer um, with you know, eating, um, pacing yourself, uh, trying to just relax your mind. Mm. Yeah. So, so what, like, okay, 108 laps, 108 hours of running, or sorry, it equi- oh, it's equivalent to ru- your run time was like 96 hours in total. Um, not including like that's, yeah, th- there's a rest element of it, which we'll get into. But you you ran four hundred and fifty miles, which is seven hundred and twenty seven hundred and twenty kilometers, which I like that is so so far. That is a very long way in such a short amount of time. Like, yeah, it was uh it, it it's it was yeah, 108 hours. I mean, really because um you know, if you finish your lap in 50 minutes and you got 10 minutes where you could like lay down for a couple minutes and you're eating food, uh, it's a wild thing. Like imagining from where I live, Cincinnati to like a big city like Atlanta, that's 450 miles. And um, basically it would be like leaving my house right now and just like continuously moving, like very limited little tiny breaks along the whole journey. Um, but not stopping for five days uh, until I got there. And uh, it's kind of amazing that the human uh, body can do that. Uh, you know, like Australia has such a, some famous long distance runners like Cliffy Young, you know, that's yeah. such a remarkable personality. Uh, just doing that. I think he was like uh, almost 60 or something like that. I mean, it's pretty amazing what he was, he, he did. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we, you know, you operate on a limited amount of sleep, which is kind of wild. So how, how, like, if you want to break it down for us, like what was your strategy and what was different from Biggs and Dead Cow Gully? Like what, what mindset wise, sleep wise, nutrition wise, what, what made you push for that? to 108 hours that that's a that's a long time to go without sleep so there there has to have been some sort of different fact or different element that you must have implemented or what what was the difference there yeah i'm always striving to improve like one percent in multiple categories so uh yeah, between Dead Cow, Dead Cow was a really exciting event and just a really outstanding performance um, by Phil Gore and Sam Harvey. And, um, you know, I, I just, uh, it was great. It was great to get beat up <laughs> and get knocked down. I think that's a good thing sometimes because then it makes you more hungry to get back up. And for me, it was a good, it was good to, 
you know, I don't, uh, to not all, only always win everything, you know, it's good to like, you know, I, I like, like feel like a lot of growth happens when, when we're not as, um, when we sometimes growth happens uh, even greater when we don't hit something that we're striving for and it's how we respond to that. So, uh, that just motivated me to get, get back at it and train really hard in like all the categories. And, um, also help me in bigs. I have my like uh, the 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 um, <laughs> I, I can't even describe it, man. My my buddy uh, Judd Poindexter. He's he's quite like a a marvel. <laughs> like he's just like such an incredible crew person. Uh, so he's really uh, understands me and like he can almost intuitively predict what I'm gonna ask for. <laughs> like it reads my mind before I even get there. It just hands me the stuff. So I was like, I'll be thinking this, you know, I want this and I get there and bam, just hands it to me. So it's like, that's pretty amazing. Uh, also, every time you go deeper, you learn something new about yourself or further. So yeah, I had the experience of going into those deep hallucinations in, in Dead Cow Golly. Like that was the deepest hallucination I ever had. And I never dreamed of running through that kind of thing. But I, I mean, I think if I had that kind of hallucination again, I'd just keep on running. It'd be kind of fun. <laughs> so it eliminated some of that, some of that like questionability. And uh, there were other things I did like beyond that, what I could describe in a single night, <laughs> like from like, uh, you know, I, I started doing cold showers like the whole month leading up to the bigs. I like did like certain specific workouts that were like specific to like just little elements. So, I mean, there were a lot, a lot of like uh little, like, um, you know, uh, ch chipping away um, at the tunnel, you know, uh, and, and, you know, continuing to try to improve. So that, that was, yeah, it was, uh, it just all came together. And uh, in a dream, <laughs> yeah, it's a dream. Yeah. So, like, what what would a an average lap look like for you? Because I know you know that talking about that element of rest, you know, what did the rest look like? Were you actually falling asleep, or were you just resting the eyes, or what? What was the rest? Uh the rest was. Um... The rest was like really it varied day by day. So uh, I mean, I gotten into a routine like day one or day three, um, but the the routines that kind of evolved over time depending on what was going on. So like day one, I feel like um, at nighttime, I think I was running like forty eight minutes um, or maybe forty seven minutes. And I was like laying down and like um, trying to sleep um, for like um, a little longer period. Like I think it was almost maybe as much as like 10 minutes. Um, but I, I really struggled. I, I was just having a hard time falling asleep. Like I just lay there with my eyes shut. Um, and I, I didn't get, I did, got a terrible night's sleep the night before the race, which never happens for me. So it was, I only got three hours of sleep the night before the race. Uh, I woke up at like 2 a.m. and I just couldn't fall back to sleep. It was really strange. I only had 
that happened more time to our times once in uh bad water 2013 where i couldn't sleep before the race and then before i started the appalachian trail in 2018 and so like this is my third worst night's sleep so you would think it would be a total disaster um but you know all along i just kept on like um holding it together and just saying you know like uh just like positive mindset um and really, you know, my mindset was a little different in bigs um, versus dead cow. Like I, I tend to um, bring on a stronger force when it's like a, a higher level race. And like dead cow is definitely a high level race. But but um, sometimes I somehow find like an extra gear. And uh, but it was just a ma magnificent race. I mean, the, the, the runners from all different places were just really uh just really like intriguing i mean like the uh Tarari, um runners too from mexico their their crew they were so so amazing and and totally um yeah um just very generous with like cheering for all the runners uh the australian team like was really amazing um, I was really, yeah, really impressed by the Austra Aussies. Uh, just, uh, yeah, they, they really had a great group and uh, all just really strong characters. Well, yeah, like uh, some of the runners that went over, so, well, Ryan Crawford is one from around uh, Nanango, like that that sort of area. He's he's essentially the Harvey yeah. Lewis of Australia basically <laughs> he he's one of those guys that just wants to push the limits of the human spirit he wants to go far he wants to go fast and he he does it really really well and there's a there's a grace about him of you know sort of like a monk monk mindset and there was a another guy I think his name's James he's a local dude I think he's 30 minutes from the Gold Coast and you wow. know, he was sort of like a wild card like i've never heard of him but you see some of the races that he's done and you're like wow like they they had some yeah. a grade athletes out there and then you know i didn't even know tim was going to head over there with them so it was really really yeah. cool to see tim like the, sort of like the dead cow gang back together again yeah yeah tim uh, brings like a whole special energy on himself uh and, and it was great just um the level of enthusiasm amongst the aussies was yeah uh really un unrivaled so that was quite fun um it's bad i'm gonna have to look up his name um there was one aussie in particular like he's a big, bigger guy um yeah. and he just really impressed the hell out of me i really enjoyed his demeanor and it's so terrible. I forgot his name right now. So I'm about to. <laughs> that's so bad. You know who I'm talking about? Thinking the bigger guy, yeah. like tall, or yeah. uh, he made it over 300 miles. Um, he's built muscular. He's really like massive. Um, oh. and when you look at him, you wouldn't think he would be like a runner's build. Yeah. Um. I mean, Tim oh, me. uh, so yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, but like these, I, these I guys, he's such a nice guy, man. I I enjoy like him a lot, you know, and seeing like how he just he like just really pushed so well. It was impressive.
So when you guys are out there, like I'm, I'm talking, you know, let's say lap 90 to 108, like what's going through your mind? Like what are the conversations you guys are having to to keep pushing one another? Is there conversation? Like what's it looking like when the camera's not there and it's you guys on the road at night time? Well, in a fifth day, like on the trail, um, there wasn't a lot of conversation because everyone is really, there's kind of like, a, it's kind of like abandon, abandon the, the building on fire mentality. Like there's like, you got to get yourself through the gauntlet. And um, so it doesn't really lend itself to a lot of chit chat. Like you're really just trying to focus on like hitting uh, the time. Um, and uh, and it was warm too. Like the heat index was like over, um, I guess it would be like probably over like 27 or 28 Celsius. Um, so it, it, there wasn't a lot of like chit chat like on the fifth day. Um, just a little bit. Like sometimes I'd hear runners say like things that like they were ready to go home or something like that. Um, that was about it. And then, uh, or I hear a little bit complaints about this or that, some, some little bit. Um, but then on the fourth night, I, I was running with uh, another, another runner, John. Um, we had run in the third night as well. And we, we, we chat a little bit. I mean, I was saying a lot of like, things that didn't make any sense <laughs> and it was kind of funny i mean i just started laughing because it was like i was saying things that just didn't didn't make any sense on the fourth night um but somehow we managed to managed to run through that which was pretty remarkable yeah like again i think my listeners are probably over me talking about my so the closest thing i have to that sort of experience um, I ran around a, oh, the, there's a university track near us, a college track. Yeah. I ran around that mm. for 48 hours. Um, mm. That was the longest thing I've ever done. And I, I, uh, I'm not, st- I, I've, I've done a couple of, done a hundred mile. I've done a, a hundred K before done quite a few 50 Ks, but never that, you know, multi-day sort of event. And you know, just talking about like the 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 stuff that comes out of your mouth when you are so deep in the hurt. Yeah, you know, the, I talk about this one this one thing or one event that happened. We're we're running around to about two three o'clock in the morning. Everything's quiet, and mm. I started hallucinating. It was the first time I've ever hallucinated in my life, and wow. you know, I'm looking at. I'm looking up on the um, sort of ridge line of where all the university blocks are, and I thought there were students, like university students. Turned away, mm. looked back, they were gone. And I turned to the guy next to me I was mm. running with, and I thought I was talking, but I was, there was, <laughs> I was putting words together from a sentence mm. in different orders, like I, I wasn't making any sense whatsoever. Mm. And the guy next to me is like, oh, Kent, you you need to go to sleep. Like, you need to lie down. Like, you, you're not making any sense whatsoever. It's time for you to mm. have a nap. So we, I, I laid down, woke up, and I was suddenly a new person. 
It was like all I needed was that little hour just to reset, and I was I was back. It's wild. Yeah, it's just, and it's funny you yeah, know, you're talking wild. about where where the the mind sort of goes. Like, you know, what does that look like? Again, I'm so intrigued when you were so deep in that that cave, or you know, what it, Courtney Dewalter calls it, the pain cave. You know, I I call it, you know, meeting yes. yourself where you are. Like, what? Where does your mind go? Like, you're so like 108 hours, like no sleep. What's happening? Well, sometimes I'll kind of fall asleep, and I'd just be running, and I I like somehow I I didn't fall down when I was running, and I fall asleep. So I I I just kicked the ground funky, and I like kind of pop myself like back to awake and then i just feel like okay here i go again um i don't know i got to a place where i never take i don't ever ever take any painkillers uh i think that actually kind of goes against the principle of the race to be honest with you like so i would never take any sort of like advil or Tylenol or any of that stuff i mean i think if you if you um can't endure the discomfort then it's probably an important signal from your body that you should stop what you're doing so that's all my my philosophy on on like that but uh you know it's somehow i don't know how it's possible but uh i'm running in that fourth night or fifth day i basically uh i don't recall like feeling a lot of discomfort it's like i um, channel that out. Um, and I was also saying like, I, I never take any painkillers. Uh, like I would never, ever take any like Tylenol. Here to introduce you to a game changer in the world of performance headwear, Fractal. Now, you know, I've always believed that our passion for sports and the great outdoors should never be compromised by anything, especially not by our gear. And that is why I'm beyond excited to share with you the incredible world of Fractal Performance Headwear. Now, Fractal hats are not just your ordinary hat. They're engineered with innovation and precision to elevate your outdoor experience like never before. Whether you're pushing the boundaries in an ultramarathon or seeking mindfulness on a peaceful run, these hats are designed to keep up with your every move. Now, they are built to withstand the most challenging conditions, crafted with premium materials that wick away moisture, keep you dry and cool when the intensity rises. But wait, yes, it gets better. Fractal doesn't just excel in functionality. Their hats are a testament to style and sophistication with a range of captivating designs and colors. You'll find a hat that resonates with your soul and embodies your spirit as an athlete. Now, I've got some really, really cool news. So I've teamed up with Fractal, and they are offering an exclusive discount for our listeners. Just use the code RUNNINGMATTERS at checkout, and you will receive a 15% discount on your purchase. That's right, 15% off to upgrade your headwear game. You know, every athlete understands the importance that one piece of gear that becomes an extension of who you are. For me... Fractal hats have become that symbol, a symbol of unity, of pushing boundaries, of connecting with nature on a profound level. So please don't miss this opportunity to experience Fractal's difference firsthand. Head over to fractal.com now 
And remember to use the code Running Matters during checkout to claim your 15% off discount. It's time to embrace your journey, unleash your potential, and look damn good whilst doing so with Fractal Performance Headwear. Now back to the show. I somehow managed to like channel like discomfort into another, like I don't really, it doesn't register to me. I'm like just so focused on like forward motion and breathing and concentrating that that I don't feel like any sort of like, uh, I mean, I, I could feel it. Like I fell down a bunch of times on the fifth day. So I kept on like, boom, flying in my face against the dirt. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it may have like felt, I'm, I felt something, but I was just too fired up to like register. And I was like, I got on moving forward. So it was, um, yeah, it's kind of wild. Like how you, you, you know, we can push our bodies into different ways. And, uh, yeah, so if, like, if you have to do something like if you had a, a situation where you had to push a car, you know, to save someone, uh, is on a tracks or you had to turn a car over or something like that. I don't know. Some, somehow it might be possible that we can reach into a deeper level of energy. And we really have to use it. Mm, I love, I, I really like that. Like that's a, great way of putting you know that whole experience and i think people will look at you know your 108 hours and everything that you've done and go oh you know he's been training for the past couple of months and he got you know to 108 hours but again you know rome wasn't built overnight like this has taken like i think this is a good you know, change in direction, but like you've been running for 15, what, 20, 20 years now. And you've been doing these events for a very, very long time. Like 27 years. <laughs> 20, yeah. See, it's like 20, 27 years. years. Oh, right. 27 years. Yeah. It's wild. a long time. You know, it's really the most amazing thing about it is I don't have a single pain on me other than my bruised ribs. <laughs> Then I can feel the bruised ribs. Like, oh yeah, I definitely fall yeah. my ribs a bunch of times. But I don't have a single joint pain or anything like that. Knock on wood. Um, yeah, it's like I'm not I'm not having any DNA g- genetic gifts. Like it took me like five years to break five hours in marathon and I didn't win in my first ultra until about thirteen years into it or twelve years or something like that. Um so you know, a lot of it is just really honing um, the skills, uh, the like learning um, how to train more effectively, efficiently. And then also like nutrition is really big. So I, I've adapted my nutrition, eating all plant-based foods. That's arguably my single most thing where I say that that's why I won the race. Like that, that's the number one reason why I won the race is just because of the, the vegan foods, the plant-based foods is easier on your stomach. I can't tell you the number of people I heard complaining in the race. They felt nauseous. They had stomach aches. Never, ever, ever. I have any issue with my stomach. Um, even when it was like 80 degrees. Um, and also the inflammation on your body. You get less inflammation. The uh, calories, I can absorb a lot of calories over uh, that period of time. So I estimate I 
probably ate about 40,000 calories. Yeah, oh my god. And what what It's type like of foods? 20 days of food for the average person. That's a lot. <laughs> So what? A lot. Yeah. What 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 are, the, what are the type of foods that you're eating that are sustaining? Not not for just Big's backyard, but in general, like what is sustaining you for your day to day? Yeah, yeah. So day to day is totally different than race day food. Um, day to day is much more uh, whole food, fruits and vegetables, things of color, legumes, um, grains, uh, things that have fiber. Uh, um, you know, so like right now I'm eating this like hummus wrap with like all kinds of nice veggies in there. <laughs> you know, some beets in there too. Um, orange juice, jet fuel. I love that orange juice. Great mm. antioxidant. You guys have some. Um, during you know, oatmeal and like all kinds of fruits and mixed vegetables and quinoa and uh, some tofu and broccoli and all oh, these like some green beans like mm, sounds good with garlic uh there's so many amazing things lentils indian food uh you got like korean like stone bowls uh, you can do that like yeah have a nice italian meal There's a million different things. Mm. But during the race, I'm eating foods that are not, you know, not like is they're not as healthy. Like I'm they have, you know, things that like appear to be processed foods, but like they're usually like a, a, a good brand. It's like fewer ingredients. Um, so I will have like um well, first I start with like tailwind. So I have like my tailwind electrolyte drink during the race. I have a recovery mix drink that's like a protein drink. Um, I'll make like um, vegan mac and cheese to like uh, avocado in hummus wraps, uh, mangoes with chia seeds, uh, um, vegan coconut yogurt um, with chia seeds and blueberries. Mm. Uh, I, the noodles with like... Um, like a uh, sort of broth that's vegetable broth. It's really good for like the sodium. Like you're always, so I'm always in the race. I'm always trying to get a lot of sodium. You whereas in normal life, you wouldn't really want to be like, you know, just <laughs> sucking in all kinds of like high sodium foods. Like that wouldn't be the best thing for you. Um, and then in the race, I'm eating all kinds of fat. So I would eat, eat like literally a whole, um, like I'll eat like a vegan cupcake, That's like 220 calories. Um, now I'll just like stuff. I'll just be like, oh, yeah, that was good. Give me another one. You know, so it, it's like, but in, in in my daily life, I'm not normally eating like a bunch of cupcakes or like vegan muffins, um, barbecue potato chips. Like those are things I'm eating in the race. Um, but it, I like the diversity. I get sort of tired of having the same food in the race. So I like, I'm always wanting to eat something different. You know, that sort of thing. But You're the food is it really, sound nice. <laughs> oh, it's very nice. It's something I look forward to. Um, yeah. In fact, I'm better in a race. Than I do the whole rest of the year. So it's like a smorgasbord. I can just eat and eat and eat, making me hungry right now. <laughs> and then after the race, I eat a little more. So I got a little like junky food here that, that I can eat as well. Um, that that's uh, just because I'm in, it's still like in the recovery mode, like two weeks, you know, in that whole race, I only lost two pounds. 
Um, oh my god! That, wow, that's it. And I re, re now now I'm in the mode where I can just you know, eat a lot right now. It's to replenish. Oops, yeah. I just knocked you up. I'm sorry. Um, replenish like my yeah. It's okay to get a couple extra pounds on me. <laughs> no, like, like it sounds like you've got it down to a, a, a very fine tuned science and. You know, as, as much as, I guess, plant-based eating has done that for your running, what has running mm. done for Harvey? Like, you know, in 27 years of running, you must you must have found something that it's done for you. Like, especially, you know, I'm, uh, it is a mental health podcast. A lot of people that listen to this, yeah, you know, are struggling you know my backstory is basically very similar to rich rolls i i i'm an alcoholic uh mm. i found running and endurance as my sort of uh, my safe haven if it wasn't for running Beautiful. right i don't think i'd be here at the moment um or just movement in general is what saved me and so yeah you know, what has running done for you, like for your life and everyone around you? Yeah. And, and my fiance is somewhat the similar way. She struggled with, with alcohol and then uh, got into running when she was about 30. And, uh, you know, Kelly, that's been, a, that's been a major positive force for her too. Many other people I know. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's definitely, uh, is, is an is an incredible solace uh so i mean like i may be having a stressful day at work or whatever ever and it's like I, i'm a very balanced person all the time i don't really get like um real agitated or um extreme like lows or anything like that i feel like the running really helps to like keep like a even kill uh so Definitely, like it has made an incredible impact on like my emotional health, but also my physical health. Like I feel like really energized due to the running, and uh, yeah, I feel like I'm still twenty, you know, like because of running. Um, yeah, it's like I feel the running is really it creates all kinds of opportunities. Running has brought so many things. To like in terms of friends, um, I met my partner Kelly through through a race. Mm. So I mean, that, that's just such a, a gift to me. Um, all the places I like to travel to, I always love exploring on my feet. So I mean, whether that's in my own town or going to a new country, like I love seeing places, you know, uh, from the perspective of like running, and uh, so that that's that's another gem of running um but i'm all I, i'm just really i enjoy the community i have friends i met from like that first ultra back 27 years ago we we're still communicating so i mean oh, wow. uh and i going to australia this summer like the type of people i would have met like no way i would have met um tim walsh or uh all the other great aussies i met this summer i had I not had that opportunity through running so yeah it's been just a dream far exceeded anything I ever imagined. When I first started off, I was in the back of the pack. <laughs> so 
never imagined running would have these wild these stories play out as they have. Yeah. I think there's a lesson to learn, you know, with especially your story that, you know, it comes back to that simple saying, you know, like it, it's longevity is the key. It's, I guess we get caught up in, you know, especially when there's Strava involved and sort of, I call them the Instagram runners where, mm. you know, it's the short site. It's the, you know, run run the quick marathon now and not work towards it you want the what you know you want the results now like and i've i've only you know i think i've got to listen to myself sometimes but you know of course i want all the results now but it takes years especially with running you look at the olympics you look at you know zach bitter you look at these guys who are uh elite athletes it hasn't taken three or four years it's taken and look, I would mm. call you an elite, an elite athlete. You can run a sub fifteen mm. hour hundred miler. You you can hold that pace. You can go long and go fast. And I think that you know mm. the, the key thing to look out of your story or to pull out of your story is it's longevity is the key. If you want the results, you've you've got to you've got to put in the work and you've got to take time you've got to put it consistently put in effort yeah like, yeah i had no idea that was even possible like you know to keep pushing beyond plateaus like you know never dreamed that possible um like from my you know maybe 25 year old self you think like oh it's no possible to go any further than that or my 35 year old self not possible going further than that so it's really wild how, like, with running, you can continuously grow and improve. It's like martial arts. You become, like, you know, black belt, black belt, 10-degree black belt. <laughs> you mm. just keep on growing because you can grow, like, the technique. So uh, uh, touching on that, you know, you, you're also a teacher. Uh, you know, you're a school teacher and how are you using the lessons that you've learned throughout your running career and sort of, I guess, putting that side, you know, side and side with your teaching? Is there a correlation between how you do things with your running to how you do things with your teaching and, you know, your day to day? Yes. Yes. Uh, I like to, um, approach my students from like an unconventional sense mm -hmm. so i really like uh try to get students to to not to to sort of think against the grain um to 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 uh, challenge what is like the norm uh of culture uh to like uh be individuals and critical thinkers uh so you know, they don't have to agree with me at all. Like, you know, I expect everyone to be like, you know, uh, doing exactly what I'm doing at all, but to be, uh, to, to develop their own, um, their own voice, their own path, their own, like, uh, you know, their own vision and, and like to, to go after it. And then, uh, to really, uh, I try to really like, um, push, push, really try to capture them their imagination about 
you know, where they are now at 16 or 17 is like, just like at its infancy of what they have as potentials in so many different areas. So, I mean, it's like, there's so much ahead of you and, uh, yeah, it's, it's sometimes hard to visualize how far you can go with something. Uh, and, and then the, the desire to work really hard, like at whatever they're doing and that, that can translate into something, you know, just uh, beyond their wildest dreams. So working hard is, is really important to I argue. Yeah. And what's their, like, what's their reaction? What are the parents and teachers around you's reaction to knowing that, you know, their teacher? <laughs> is... Well, they used to think I was really crazy, you know? And yeah. I still think they think I'm pretty crazy. Um, but now they're like, well, he, he must be, somebody saying must be part right. <laughs> it seems to be working. <laughs> so they, they still think I'm crazy. You know, I, I have fun. I'll like race my students in their bus. They'll be in the bus and I'll be like racing them to school, running, you know, trying to beat them. Like, they get stopped at a couple traffic lights. They have no shot. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's kind of yeah, fun you to run. race when they're in the bus so and you, beat you them. Commute. Oh, yeah. I, I run commute every day uh, for like 11 years um, to and from teaching. It's uh, like 5K on the shortest uh, each way. And then, you know, a lot of days when I'm in training, I'll run like you know, 15K in the morning or 15K in the evening uh, on the way home. Uh, so it works well but it's fun to race them in a bus because then you can really yeah. say you know look this old man beating you uh, um and i can like really capture their attention about health like i i teach government and a financial literacy but every tuesday we talk about we start class with like a health topic so i really try to like um have some sort of positive influence on like um their uh understanding of health and like um in our country, it's really there's a yeah major uh, e- epidemic with like uh, obesity um, and, and uh, a lot of the number one killers in in America like you know heart disease and um, diabetes and cancer and things like that are are also so related to our lifestyles. So. Um, yeah, I try to like you know, have a positive influence on our students because they're getting all sorts of information, like from you know uh, sources on like vaping to like uh, eating like you know junk food for breakfast and um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just care about you know they hopefully try to make a positive influence on people's quality of life. And have have like any of your students decided you know running was. I guess something that they wanted to get into or ultra running or racing in that sort of sense. I have had a couple of students get into ultra running yeah, um, that's cool. over the years. Yeah. It's really cool. But I, I really don't try to push anything. Like I just try to encourage um, people to like find something that they enjoy that's movement. Like you said. So like whether that's yoga or walking or cycling or something, Something active is so important. So that's like the number one thing I try and push on. And, you know, like, have you ever come across 
or here's what have you ever come across a student during a race or anyone that you've taught in the past that you sort of gone oh i used to be in my class oh yeah <laughs> many a time even like the new york marathon i did that back in like 2010 one of my former students was at the finish line handing out the medals. So oh, I was like, cool. oh, my God, it's such a random place to run in with my students. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I see my students all over the place. And, uh, yeah, it really is, brings me a lot of joy. Now, out, out of your, like, to sort of pivot this a bit, out of all your races that you've done in your 27 years of ultra-endurance what is the race that has stuck out the most for you? What's the one that left that left a mark that was the most memorable? Man, that's a good question. Um, to be honest with you, it's probably the one I just did. Yeah. You know, like Biggs, I know it's recent, but uh, that's kind of like the culmination of my whole running experience. So from you know, going back to where I was like in middle school, in high school, I was, you know, back to the pack. I was the second biggest kid in my school from, like, third grade to seventh grade. I used to get made fun of for being the chubby, you know, fat kid in, in school. Um, you know, I'd be picked, like, you know, towards the back of the group. You know, all those times, I just kept getting out there, just <laughs> running that damn two-mile run, seventh, eighth grade, running back and forth, running back and forth. Ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, kept on going. Uh, then in college, I just kept on running, you know, not on a team at all, just like for fun. Getting into like ultras back when I was in 1996, um, it took me all my effort to do 82 miles in 24 hours. <laughs> like 82 miles at 20 years of age. Like, I mean, I was like just absolutely gassed, you know? So, so um, it took me um, a few years before another year before I made it like 104 miles in 24 hours. So that was, at, you know, uh, some people say that people are like at their physical peak in their 20s. Um, and then to today where that was on a flat, flat, flat area, flat course today, like where we did a, you know, a rather hilly course was like about um, you know, 150 meters of climbing each day loop, uh, rocks and roots and all kinds of technical little turns. And then, um, you know, road that's not flat either. And then to go like 450 miles in like five days, where it's like when I was a young man, I, I like, it seemed like impossible to do 100 mm -hmm. miles for hours. <laughs> like, that's crazy. So it's uh almost five times that. You know, it's like yeah, it was five times it was over five times that what I was doing like back then. So it's it's really just um and, and it's also really meaningful to me. Like it means it really me hits me when people say like they're inspired by it. Like that that really inspires me more. Uh and I've I had a lot of people reach out and say they were really love watching bigs and that they were inspired by that. So that, that, that really gives me inspiration back. And so, um, 
it's not done. <laughs> I'm not playing to be finished. Um, but when I look back across this 27 years of ultra running, that was, uh, I haven't said it yet, but I'll say it here. That's, that was the biggest experience I've ever had. Oh, it's just like, I was, I was honestly glued to my screen. I was refreshing. <laughs> I just wanted to see how far the best of the best could go. And, you know, mm. talk, talking to Ryan, I know Ryan Crawford had to pull out at 30 hours because he had, um, mm -hmm. he was peeing blood, you know, so that was a big hit mm. for the Australian uh, ultra community. Right. And then, you know, watching, I know Sam Harvey's not Australian, but, you know, he, he was on the podcast and his whole story yeah. of, you know, why he does what he does. It was, you know, a big bummer to see. He, not a big bummer because he, he went the distance. Um, mm -hmm. But then, you know, the last one standing, Phil Gore out of everyone, it was like, you know, just to watch these guys push their absolute limits, you know, it was people were sharing, people were, everyone was involved. And that's the best thing. And what I love about this community is that, no one cares how fast you go. They just want to see you succeed. That's all it is in the end. That That's it. You know, whether you did 108 or 102 or 101 or you still would have had the world on mm. your side. And that's, you know, I think that's what sort of brings me back to the ultra community, whereas sort of marathoning mm. is very time-based, how fast you can do your splits and that's not for me. I, I think it's the community side of things that I really, really love. And I guess you experienced that, you know, at, at Dead Cow firsthand. So, like, are you going to come back no, next year? I, oh, man, I, I'd love to come back. Um, it's uh, – we're going to see if I can come back in, like, 2025 for, like, the Masters again. Um, yeah. It's tough for me to get away in May. Uh, because that's like still part of our teaching year. But if uh, if it's yeah, in yeah. June and twenty twenty five, that would be I, I would, we would really love to come. I'd love to bring my partner. And are you gonna do it? Uh so oh, it's funny. I um I'm a restaurant manager, so I I'm in hospitality, and yeah. Tim Tim brought Zach. Um. Mm -hmm. Tim and Zach came and stayed in the hotel that I worked at and they came up for, for dinner and some lunch where mm. I was in the restaurant and we had a good chat and he pulled out a little piece of paper with DCG free ticket. And I've gone, Oh, mm. right. Uh, so I think I have to go. That's I, great. But I, for me personally, I love the format. Do I think I would do well at it? I don't know because I'm I'm just I'm not a I'm not a fast person when I run. I'm I'm a bigger, yeah. thicker I guess I'm putting limitations on myself, mm. but at the end of the day, does the action does me running a backyard ultra is that enticing? Not yeah. really. There's there's an there's an element of speed there that you've got to keep, you know. I'm a person that needs sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you know, for that, uh, for that 48 hour race, you know, that was, I, I'll stick to my loops. I'll stick to my flat loops running around on my own accord. Um, 
but yeah, look, I, I'd probably make an appearance next year. I just want to give it a go. I, I've never done that format before. I right. think it would be right interesting. Um, and again, I can use everything that you've said in here as, as a, you know, you're teaching me something. Do I think I could go the distance? Ah, oh, I don't even think I wanted want to apply myself to to go the distance. You know, I. I I guess I'm all I'm saying is I'm happy with running running around loops on a 400 meter athletics track. That that's my thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you, you don't have to uh, approach it to win the race. You know, it's like you're going after it to be to do the very best you can. And uh, you know, one thing I like to do is I sometimes like to. Uh, I like to do races where I'm not likely to do as well. So mm-hmm. what I mean by that is I'll jump into like 5K races and, and uh, I'm not I'm not terrible at 5K races, but you know if I'm doing one with like a bunch of young college students and mm. high school kids like man they were like boom that's a pull I, I really get a, I get a good workout there. Uh, but and I'm not going to win the race. Uh, so, you know, I think I kind of like the idea of jumping in to different types of things, even ones that, that I won't be as strong in. I think it actually improves like all of our areas. And uh, like I said, when I was younger, I would have, um, if I would have done the backyard, I mean, if I would have made it to like, uh, I made 80. 82 miles in 24 hours. So if I would have made it to like, I guess, uh, 18 hours, that would have been pretty amazing. Mm. Yeah. So I know, like, I know you're a busy man and you've just gotten, you know, you you just got home, taking up your time. Um, oh, no, Kurt, it's to, been a pleasure, man. To, to sort of land this. Oh, man, I, I, again, I appreciate, I just appreciate your time. Like you're busy, you're just a busy guy. Like, no worries. So much That's going great. on. So I usually, uh, I usually end these sort of episodes with two major questions, and you know the the first one is, what is something you want the world to know about you? Mm. <laughs> That's a great question. I. Uh... Maybe I haven't discovered that yet. <laughs> uh, but I, I would say uh, that that we we have this um, this special energy inside of us that's that's not unique to myself, and that you know, we we have these we have um, reservoirs within ourselves that that are deeper than most of us ever realize, and uh, you can go further than. Uh, you may ever know uh that would that would be one i'd say and then to sort of land this to you know come back up a bit for the person that's out there that is in the hole whether it be in life whether it be in any ultra because i i I truly believe ultra running and life come hand in hand there is, you know, yeah. direct parallels there. You know, when things get 
shitty and hard, you know, we continue, we push on, yeah. we get it done. You know, so for the person that's out there that that's in the hole, that's that's suffering a bit, what's some words of wisdom from the ultra man himself? Mm, uh, you're not alone. Um, and, and to, to, you know, reach out to people, um, you know, get help at the aid station. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, just to, I think keep, keep at it, you know, like, um, I, I think it's really, uh, the community is so important. Like, getting out there for like once a week to run with somebody else or a group uh, run, um, building relationships. I think that's really powerful. Uh, the more you can connect with other runners, uh, the more happiness I think we can have. Uh, and, and it's really important. Try to do your best. I know some, some people live in really rural areas, but uh, if you can try to find like once a week, uh, run with someone else that'd be helpful for me i have a dog <laughs> too yeah. like carly carly's our rescue dog she she's my number one training partner so i do rely on her a lot uh, she she uh she she doesn't complain <laughs> yeah uh, we're looking at getting a dog but because my, my yeah. both of my kids are um they're allergic to oh, what's the word their, their fur so we got to find mm -hmm. a hyperallergenic dog that has to have oodle it has to be something oodle so we're oh, looking wow, okay getting a cavoodle of some sort right. and they don't run that's my biggest <laughs> dilemma and i, I want to run i want to go you know adventure around there's like local trails near my place and you yeah know, they, they, they've only got energy for about 40 minutes so hopefully when the kids grow up I can take them out for a trail or take them out somewhere. Sure. To, you know, I'll put them on a list. No, I won't put them on a list. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about yeah, you? What, what is your next event that you're striving towards? Ah, good question. Um, I look. There's a, there's a story that I've got when with my drinking days, sort of towards the end mm -hmm. of my drinking days, where. I remember coming home when I say drunk, I was, I was a very abusive drunk. Um, mm. But I came home, I had, you know, two quarter pounders in my, in my McDonald's bag and, you know, drugs, alcohol, and I've come off a bender and mm. I've got home sitting at the couch. My wife's got, you know, my, my newborn daughter feeding her and she, you know, mm. gave me the look of, absolute disgust and mm. i sort of sat there slumped over i've got my you know muffin top sort of hanging over my pants mm -hmm. and i asked myself what the fuck am i doing with my life so i yeah i got onto youtube and the first thing that came up was uh the iron man finish line oh. for the triathlon and i i remember i was eating the the hamburger and I looked at this and it was this just switch in my brain that went no more, you know. And Damn. from that point, it was like I and I looked at my wife and I, I started crying. I had tears running down my face and I 
I said, I'm going to do an Iron Man one day. I will do an Iron Man. She looked at me like, you're drunk. You know, you, you're right. an idiot. Just go to sleep. And then from that moment, you know, two weeks later, I, I went, no, I bought a bike. Ever since yeah. then, you know, has my path to sobriety been linear? Absolutely not. I've been so up and down with sobriety. It's very, very hard. You know, I'm now 220 days sober now, which is pretty much the longest. Do I look mm, like great. I want to go back? No, not really. But, you know, I haven't mm. stopped movement since that point. That was a pivotal, mm. that was the catalyst for me so to. Mm. So to That's go back to your great. question, next year, Ironman. That is the the big one. Mm. And then hopefully, well, the 48-hour track race I really wanted to do, um, that's been cancelled. Yeah. So there is a thing called the Adelaide Six Day, which is exactly oh, yes. what it is. Um, six oh days. Around... <laughs> yes. So it's six days around a, just under a mile track, just wow. around a, a lake. So... You know, Does those that happen sort of in races, March? I think it happens sort of September. So it, what, the one September. that recently happened, yeah, just happened. So if you wow. want to come to that, six days. Yeah, that would be pretty amazing. Too. Um, so that's something that I, I would, you know, look forward to getting into. But yeah. again, it's just, it's the cost. Yeah. You know, it's, racing isn't cheap. Flying anywhere is yeah. not cheap. Accommodation's not cheap. Like, yeah, yeah. So, we got dead Kalgali. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if expensive. I'll I'll look but at you I, know I, dead cow. The Iron Man, Iron Man, and dead cow. Yeah, and I, I look. I, I if I'm gonna go to dead cow, I want to do my best. I'm not gonna. I can't half ass yeah. it. That's just not who I am. Um. Yeah, but yeah, they're they're the big races, and I guess on for you, like, what's your what's your next big thing? Like, what are you, what are you planning on? What what's? Yeah, yeah I I love like the I always like having something out. Like, it's like, well, lately it's been close, but I like to have something that's like four months out always. Yeah, I, I think it's motivating uh, to continuously like try to work on some area and uh i i can tell you like usually this is a secret race it's like fight club you know um but since i won bigs uh, i i should have a free or a automatic entry rather to the barkley marathons so oh. uh yeah so you know a little, little like uh beating it gets translated into a little more beating yeah <laughs> Oh man, well I can't but wait. I, I do I... really love training for Barkley. So yeah. with with Barkley, can you just just quickly just before we wrap this up, can you explain exactly how what Barkley is? Like a lot of people know what it yeah, is. Yeah, so Barkley, what it is? Yeah, it, it's a great one to catch. There's a documentary. It's like. I don't, have you seen it? It's really funny. It's uh, the Barkley Marathons, the race that eats its young. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's got like Laz and all this comedy. Have you seen it? 
I no, I know which one. You, I know which one you're talking about. I have, Did I you see? Seen it. It. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely like worth seeing that documentary. I mean, especially if you're a runner, just because you'll just be laughing about the crazy things. Um, but this race happens in Tennessee uh, State Park, um, and known as Frozen Head. Um, there's a state penitentiary there that's sort of like the iconic, um, just like haunted like prison and brushy mountains state penitentiary so the race actually goes through a tunnel underneath the, the old prison uh where there's like water running through it and if it's rained a lot it can be a lot of water gushing through there um you have to like find your way in the woods and there's like usually about 13 books that are hidden in certain areas and you have to use this sort of a map and uh, scriptic directions from Laz <laughs> that to find your way uh, around this giant state park. Uh, each loop ends up being maybe about 26 miles and you have to do five loops. So about 130 miles of running, but it's more than half of it's like off trail. So you have to really like just, um, just like be crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> You gotta do Rambo style it, just this mm. running through like this crazy, you know, woods and this most steep terrain you can imagine, and you're falling and running and falling and running and falling, um, and you, you know, it's it's difficult sometimes to get your bearings when it's it's real foggy and dark, and um, you just have to really learn to be super um, mentally uh, attentive. So like, that's where it's kind of fun because like these ultras, you know, I could, in bigs, I could just turn my brain off at times. I mean, I knew, you know, like the different things I wanted to hit, but I could like just be on autopilot. But with like Barkley, I can never do that. I have to like be, especially if I take my mind off anything for 60 seconds, I'm going to get lost. Mm. I have to like be really like, oh, there's that piece of plastic. I need to make a right hand turn right there. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like that in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere. So, um, yeah, people would get real freaked out if they're in that race, if they didn't, like, have any experience with it, like just being out in the middle of nowhere in the dark, no trail, just crazy, creepy, foggy woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Like, again, I'll was it last year where they had the three finishes yeah that was the first time we had any finishers for six years oh so yeah you did that last expect, year is, uh yeah 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 and so we can expect that this year is going to be especially especially difficult because uh anytime someone finishes a race last elevates the level of yeah, so now it's gonna have some crazy element in it for sure. I, I know we may have to swim across a river. We'll Something. see. <laughs> but look, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I oh, it's Harvey... my pleasure, man. Totally. Thank you. Thank you so much. No, thank you, man. Like I, you know, again, I'm on the other side of the world. It's nine thirty-seven a.m. here, and it's what? So cool. You know, uh, I... six thirty p.m. here. You know, so you're ready to go to sleep. I'm ready to go to work. And, you know, again, you probably have so many messages and so many, you know, 
people inviting you onto things and whatnot. And, you know, to be able to do this with you is, is an absolute, I mean it, it's, it's a, it's an honor. It is, it is such an Thank honor you so much. to have the time with the, the world record holder. It is, it means a lot. It really does. Hey, I appreciate you. You're the first podcast I've done. And hey. uh, it, it, yeah, Rich Roll even called me this time. I have to seek him out. He's like, Harvey, I want you to come on the show. <laughs> and so, oh, man. And Rich is someone, you know, he's, he's one of, because you got direct contact with him. Tell him he means the world to me. Like I, his story. That's, that's it's beautiful, man. Just everything, you know, everything he's about, what he's doing, my story, his story, yeah. the people he's helping. It's just tell him from mm. the Running Deep podcast, he, he's helped save a life. That's that's incredible. That's absolutely up. incredible. I won't take up that's too much incredible. time. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank it's you. It's been fun. And uh, I want to, you know, you keep up your adventures with the running. And definitely get in that Ironman and uh, get out there and see Tim with the dead cow golly. And uh, if I make it back uh, for the Masters, I hope to see you out there as well. I'll be there. If you go, I'll be there. I'll be, I'll be there. That's a bet. Let's make a bet. <laughs> so, I'm going to so get one for cool. the uh, Instagram. That would be sweet. Perfect, man. Uh, hey, look, really appreciate dude. it. And absolutely man thank you so much yes cheers to you and uh have a great day in a beautiful area of the world you live you too yeah. have a good sleep see you brother bye bye